0: Free. Welcome to the 47th edition of the Wolves Women podcast. I'm your host, Nick. And today we've got Jess.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: We've got Matt. Hello. And we've got Tom. It's a full house. Hi, everyone. Cool. So, well, it, it, two games to look at, uh, look back at, and uh, final two league games of the season to look forward to. Um, I will use the term look forward to loosely. Um. But let's, so let's dive straight into the Boldmere game, um, which I was going to say Wolves ran out comfortable winters. In the end, um, it was a bit wet and windy for, um, by all accounts. Obviously, Tom, you were there, um, but we'll come to that in a second. The starting eleven was uh, Chan, Turner and goal, Coops, Morfitt, Anna Price, Emma Cross, Sammy George, Jade, H, Destiny Toussaint, Beth Roberts and Beth Merrick. Um Two changes. Um, I think one we, we all knew about, didn't we, Matt, which was Coops in for summer, which we sort of would have anticipated when that was done.
2: Yeah, I think that's the most natural change, isn't it? Um, you know, Coops is dependable player, versatile and kind of natural one to slot in for summer.
0: Yeah, and then Tom Perks came in for Naomi in the back, which I presume is just um, protecting Naomi from for the, the sort of tougher games through the season, uh, through the rest of the end of the season.
3: Yeah, especially with a free game week as well. Um, obviously, Maca just wanted to keep the team a little bit fresh, so it was uh, just a perfect change for Perks for the army. Yeah, um, I, I think you
0: know, I think it's fair to say we we expected that just that Wolves would run out winners here. It was just a case of how many and, and what would happen. And I think that's sort of we 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 won the game by being sort of continuing, you know, playing how Wolves do, don't we?
1: Yeah, it's. I didn't go, but it, it sounded like a good game, you know, through what through what I heard and what I saw online. It, it seemed like we were pretty much in control. And I think, you know, in those conditions, it's never nice for either team, but, you know, to come out with a three-point is the most important thing.
0: Yeah, uh, and Tom, you were there and the weather was absolutely atrocious, wasn't it? It's. It, it always seems to be that whenever we go to Boldmere away, the weather is, is shocking.
3: Yeah, it was horrible again, high winds. Um, it's very much hard for you know, the team to, to control the ball, isn't it? And I think, you know, it affected the game because I think we was dominant, we dominated the play. But I think if it, if it wasn't for the conditions, I think Wolves we'll would go on and get another two or three in that game easy, but, you know, in, in difficult conditions, but they're but, but done very well.
0: Yeah, I was listening to the certain second half on the radio and the, the Boldmere keeper also appeared to have a really good game as well, which did, didn't help us in that sense. Is that fair, Tom?
3: Yeah, I mean, she she made some brilliant saves in that game as well. Um, I know it was a, a a reserve keeper what come in, wasn't it, on that game as well? On loan from Cardiff United. Yeah, so um, she she made some brilliant saves for, for for them, and you know denied us some more goals in that game because I think you know we was dominant. I so we was creating plenty of chances, but with the conditions and obviously with their goalkeeper in top form, it was difficult for us.
0: Yeah, but um, Matt, we we cracked it. We got two goals in the end. Uh, Beth Roberts with both of them, uh, and both from set pieces, one in each half.
2: Yeah, it's kind of continuing on from that Feds game, wasn't it? Um, you know, we've, Macra himself has said how oh, we've not been clinical from open play, but at least on set pieces now we seem to be getting those chances. And um, going on from the Feds game, that that little train of, of players coming in from deep in the box, you know, it was almost replicas to the to the goals against Feds. So at least that's kind of bearing fruit
0: yeah and just think you know macca gave Hugh, the goalkeeper coach a lot of credit for that and i think you know throughout sort of even against the the derby game there was a lot of good good set piece activity in the last couple of games hasn't there
1: yeah to be fair i think all season we've been pretty good at set pieces and that but i think over the last few games and the last few weeks i think it's been fantastic you know we obviously we didn't score against derby but there was quite a few corners that i think were was so so close to going. In Casey Johnson had one that was centimetres wide of the post. But I think you know being able to create those chances and and you know they they you will capitalise on them one day like Beth Roberts did twice against Birmingham, which it is it it's great to see that not only goals come from open play, but in fact we're able to take advantage of those set pieces and, and put them in the back of the net. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, and Tom, there was a, a late bit of controversy in this game, wasn't there as well, where um, Beth Merrick had a goal ruled off for ruled out
3: for offside. Uh, I mean, your what were your views over that at the time? It was close. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't like to call it from where I was setting It was tight. Um, but obviously it got ruled out offside. Obviously, where from what from where I was, it was too too tight to call. So, I wouldn't like to see it unless I see it back. Yeah,
0: uh, and Matt, I, I don't know. You've seen Shan's one-on-one save against Leo Johnson. She uh, Leo probably should have done better, but Shan made an excellent save, didn't she?
2: Yeah, she's dependable, Shan, isn't she? And um, I'm sure Leo would have love to have got that goal there. And and, and just to mention for her, you, know, fair play, she she went down for tier four. And she's worked her way back up to tier three now, and she's in, in recent games, she's um, proven that she's going to be uh, quite good for Bolmer. And if they do get relegated, I imagine she'll get a lot of goals for them next season.
0: hundred percent. I think she'll be a a quality tier three striker, a tier four striker there, and get that experience with them. I think the key will be Bolmer keeping hold of her. Um, I'm not sure whether she would wish to go and sw- swatch, swap stripes, being a, a Wolves fan. But um, certainly if I was um, at, at West Brom, I'd be sniffing around her that, and try and persuade her at least to, to stay in tier three. So that was, I think, fair to say, a successful sort of midweek trip out to Boldmere. Um, let's move on to the Derby game. Um, two changes one sort of similar to what we expected you know sort of the the reverse of the the Bowlme game with hooks out um for Naomi um the the odd one Tom was Robo um, off and KJ in um you you spoke to macker about that what did he have to say about Robo not being around not being available for this game?
3: Uh, she put up a sickness bug um in work. So obviously was unavailable um for the game and you know we we did miss her really, didn't we? Um, you know, her creativity down that side. So yeah, it was a a, a big loss to us.
0: Yeah, but Matt, the big news on, on from there was almost actually was who was on the bench. Um Amber Hughes back there on the bench. Um that was a big positive, isn't it, going into those last couple of games.
2: Yeah, we, we felt it was imminent. You know, we saw her having a, a proper warm up at molyneux uh, against Huddersfield. So I think we we're all predicting it might have in the Feds game, and it, it came a week later. But really good to see her back. I was there at that Boldmere, the Baltimore County Cup game when she she got the injury. And you knew it was a bad one, and um, she was going to be out a while. And, and and so it's proven. But no, really good to get her back.
0: Yeah, four months out injured. Realistically, um, I think she it, she did get. Sort of, it, it t- did take a setback during her recovery, which made it last a bit longer. But um, um, she's now back, and hopefully, will um, we'll, she'll get a, a couple more goals before the end of the season. Um, obviously, the other question's being asked, Tom, it, is Maz. Um, she's obviously still out injured, isn't she? Maka said.
3: Yeah, she's still recovering. Um, I don't think that she'll be back this season. There, obviously we've. With a short space of time, so I think for Mars, I think we'll we'll be seeing her uh, next season now uh, rather than this because I think very we're, we're much time now to go to a cover is there. No, nah, exactly.
0: Uh, but Jess, I mean, sort of going on to the game, I think the sort of from where I sort of was sitting, um, Derby seemed to control the first half of that or the yeah the first quarter of the game, didn't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think credit where credit was due. I think Derby were fantastic in the first half. We had. A couple of chances from set pieces from corners, but nothing particularly that ever really looked like it was going in. There was a couple and I think we picked up towards the end, but I think defensively we were we were quite good and we, we managed to deal with everything. KJ was fantastic down that side. I think a lot of the pressure came from, from down her side, but her and Jade Cross seemed to deal with most of it. But yeah, they were excellent in the first half, but credit where well, credit was due. But I think ultimately our defensive abilities um, proved to be the best out of both teams because I think ultimately... The fact we didn't let them score when they were pressing so so hard on the first half really meant that we had to go into the second half with a different kind of game plan.
0: Yeah, and Tom, I mean it whilst I mean obviously so what what how Maca started the game was Morphe's left back, KJ's right back with Naomi and Emma in the middle. Um and certainly from where I was sitting, it looked like that sort of path, halfway through that first half. KJ was pushed further up into sort of midfield, almost as a right winger, and sort of we reverted back to the tradition. Uh, I say the traditional, the the back three that we we're used to. Is that sort of what you thought, Tom?
3: Yeah, I think it did. I think you know, um, with the pressure what what um, Darby put on to us um, in that first half, I think Macca tried to stop that in a way and, and revert back to the old way, and especially you know with us not having a natural left back with Robbo. Um, not being there as well, I think uh, you know he he tried to, he, he switched it around and I think he was more in control of the game when he did do that.
0: Yeah, I mean Jess, that having that versatility um, is really beneficial. It has really benefited the team, didn't it, in that game?
1: Yeah, and I think I think Katie Johnson was excellent. To be fair, the whole game, I think she she was well. She did really well in defence, but then we kind of saw that overlap with her and Jade Cross towards the end of the first half, and I thought that looked really promising. And if if that's something that we can Utilise within the next season, or hopefully in the last couple of games, I think that could be really crucial towards us because it seemed really promising, obviously we didn't capitalize on any opportunities, but I think that kind of play down the right hand side seemed really good
0: yeah and, and so we moved into the sort of second half Tom, and it was all wolves wasn't it realistically we were it was a bombardment of the of the Derby county goal for that whole of that second half yeah it was I
3: mean seventeen shots at goal was it yeah. in that second half and you know if we just couldn't score could we it just wasn't 1-4 for us or you know a goalkeeper and you know it's just frustrating And when you have that many opportunities in the second half and not to score it's just frustrating isn't
0: it Yeah it is and Matt I mean that has been been one of our issues isn't it this season we've just not been clinical enough Um, and we yeah, we we've produced the opportunities we've just not put the shots away have we
2: No, and and even in recent results, you know, with the the wins against Feds and against Bournemouth, the fact that they came from quite scrappy goals from set pieces, as as good as it is. I mean, any goal is great, but even in those games we weren't clinical and against Feds, you know, we nearly threw it away right at the death. So, it, it felt like it was something that was coming, really, you know, that we were going to get punished at some point in terms of dropping points. So, um you know, I kind of blame myself for it. It was a, a rare home game that I missed, and it, it just—I just had a bad feeling. We've—we've spoke this whole time about Forest needing to drop points, mm-hmm. and our Brigg away was probably the most likely for them to do it. And we've not really talked about could we drop the points there, other than maybe against the Burnley and the Derby are a good a good side. You know, we had tough encounters against them last year, and and in the away game, and and so it proved here.
0: Yeah, it did. Um. But... Uh, you said, Matt, that Brighouse sort of did us the favour, but even with getting Amber onto the pitch, pitch, Jess, we couldn't get past the Derby County keeper, could we?
1: No, and I think after the, we had so many goals, so many chances, just so, so close. But I think, like Tom said, you could just tell after the sixth one that was inches wide, you could just tell it just wasn't ne- never going to quite fall for us. I think. Beth Merrick was so frustrated with herself at the end, and it was really, really sad to see because she had so many chances that you know she shot perfectly, but they were just the keeper either saved them, a the defender got in the way. Everything just didn't quite seem to fall perfectly for us. It was it was one thing too far away from going in, and I think it's really disappointing. But I have to say, when Amber came on, it was we could tell we'd missed it. I think as soon as she came on, she she managed to get the ball off the centre back and. I think it's that kind of thing we've missed. You know the pressure in the defenders, and it just looked like she was ready. And I think that should be really vital for us if she if she's ready to start in the next few games because it just seemed like she seemed comfortable to go straight back into football, which which is excellent. And I agree. I think it's something we've missed.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. I think she did it. Not breath fresh air, but she she lifted the players and the of the crowd, didn't she, Tom? Did Amber?
3: Yeah, you know um, she's a great player, isn't she? Um, you know, and the fans know that the fans respect her. You know, seventeen, I think seventeen goals this season, is it? And she's been out for four months as well. So that shows what a crucial player she is. And then that ten minutes, when when last ten minutes when she come on, you know, the fans really tried to rule us on, did mate? But as Jess says, you know, it just wasn't to be; it wouldn't fall for us. And just if you get one of them days, don't Football, it happens, and we've got to try and move on from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it says a lot when the um, the, the opposition player, of the match award that sort of what the Wolves team awarded was to Sarah, Mo- Sarah Morgan, the Derby County keeper who'd come back in, I think, after an injury or something like that. And she had she had the game of her life and she earned the, her her recognition. I know her manager called her out for praise as well. Um, so I think, yeah, one of those. We've got to talk about, unfortunately, the man in the middle who... I mean, I said in the group chat as soon as I sort of spotted him in the middle because it wasn't the ref that was named in the program. It was a different ref. It was uh, Mr. Dobson. I'm going to just say off the top of my head, um, who is the ref that we had at the other file game? You could just tell, couldn't you, just that it was going to be. He, he just, you just never got that confidence off him, could you, from the start?
1: No, I think there was a couple of instances instances where he never seemed to take control like I would have liked him to. Mm. I think at this level, we spoke about it so many times. The game's progressed quicker than the officiating has. And I think it's disappointing for, for everyone, not just Wolves, but for all the teams in this division that they put so much hard work in. And it it's moments from the officials that, that get things wrong and it jeopardises teams' performances because... I think that I'm you know, we can't blame the result solely on the referee. And I think we could have been more clinical and could have taken our chances, but there's so many ifs and buts if he'd have controlled it better, if he'd have run a bit faster to that to that penalty appeal, would something would we have got something out of it? And personally I think I think we would have done And it. it's just so disappointing to see that, you know, that could have jeopardised our our hopes for the this season, really.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that was that was the key. I think Tom wasn't it. He couldn't, he didn't control the game. He didn't have that authority on the pitch. And for this sort of game, you want a referee who's going to command respect and sort of and own the pitch and make sure that the players knew where they stood from the from the start, don't you?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, from me off, he had no authority over the game. Hmm. You know, it absolutely shocking. Um, you know, the reason why it kicked off at the end is because of him not controlling the game in the correct manner. Mm. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and we, you you look at that penalty decision. I mean, everyone in the stadium, everyone, including Derby fans, knew that that was a penalty. It was clear as day. How he could not spot that is absolutely shocking. It's it. it, it, it this is twice you've had him. Twice, and it's been the same issues over and over again, and it's always seemed to be the same refs. Mm. It's just ridiculous. There needs to be improvements in the summer. There needs to be money spent by the FA to get match officials in women's football up to well to perform better. They need to perform better. We need to. We need the best referees in this in these leagues. We're a third tier of English football in women's football. You know, you get level five refs refereeing in 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 tier 3, You won't get level five refs to um manage um refereeing in league one, would you? Of a men's football. So why why do the FA think it's acceptable here? It's just wrong, and they need to spend money on it.
0: Lately, I, I I think that's the thing. I think we're putting the clubs are investing in the the game. The clubs are investing in the players. Uh, and the FA is investing in the players and gro- trying to grow the game. The fans are coming, but that the without the um, refs having that support and you know sort of developing, you, we're missing the, the crucial part of that. Um, Matt, I don't know you did you. I don't know if you watched macker's interview, um, both with Tom and with the club, and I think he summed it up really well in both those interviews. That there needs to be the investment in the in the refs as well, doesn't there?
2: Yeah, and I think Maka tries to be balanced and level-headed, doesn't he? In mm-hmm. that, you know, he doesn't want to single out individual refs, and I think Tom has pointed out, it, it, it's a lot of officials that we've experienced this season, and probably going into last year too, maybe we didn't notice it so much because we got the success, but um, I've, I've always been one of those that said, everybody makes mistakes, you know, I said this in the podcast last week, everybody makes mistakes and marginal errors here and there, you can kind of excuse, but you know, I think just like the whole of women's football, Twitter. I, I saw the the penalty then, um, or the penalty appeal on, on Twitter. And the the more concerning thing is is that it's not it's not actually that he's made a mistake, because if he made a mistake, he'd be booking Jade for diving. It's that he actually didn't know how to make the decision, and he didn't have any confidence to make a decision at all. So he was just like, oh, okay, I'll just let play carry on, because otherwise he would say it's a dive, wouldn't he? He booked Jade for it. So yeah, you didn't know what to do. So yeah, we, we need that investment in there. And it's a, it's becoming a more credible league over time, you know. It's I think Wolves put an article up, obviously it was nothing to the referee thing, but you know, in the past the National League was more like Sunday League football, and now it's for trying to get us closer to, to bridge that gap with the Super League, and that's that's a fair point because we're getting semi-pro teams, we're getting professional teams coming through in tier three with that bottleneck. So we need the officials
0: to kind of match that, really. Yeah, um, it's, it goes back to something of, sort of, I think Tom or Jess—I can't remember who Tom, Tom I think said about everyone knowing it. The Derby t- County Twitter feed knew it. I was in the since seventy-one um, writers Twitter fit, yeah, you know, Twitter messages and group chat, and somebody there who was at the game went. I've just missed, you know, witnessed the clearest penalty appeal. Um, Frankie Scott, one of the ref- one of the Twitter refs, um, who's not always popular with Wolves Twitter, um, reviewed the 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 penalty, um, that Dazzling Dave at Always Wolves circulated, uh, you know, the video, uh, and I'll read what he said because I think it's really pertinent that this is what a fellow ref has said about it. The the referee on that game, that's a penalty, full stop. Referee should have been sprinting far harder. They were evidently not up with play enough to have a decent enough view, make to make the decision. And then this is the killer line for me. I was once told by a WSL official, "Fitness makes or breaks you as a referee. This is why his fitness, he, he, the referee, is just not kept up with play with fast moving game. Both teams were pacey, and he couldn't keep up. He was, you know, whether he's he, he's probably we he will have passed the fitness test, but he's not." fit enough to keep up with the level and speed of play and he's there for, as we said Matt, he just couldn't make the decision because he didn't know what had happened because he wasn't there at the right time. Go on Tom
3: Well we think the first time you know, in every season that we've had officials who cannot keep up with a ball of play, I mean you go back to the Watford as well, yeah. where you know on the line where the line just couldn't keep up and he couldn't make the decisions because he couldn't keep up with playing the same here, it's too far away you know, to even make a decision. And that's where the problem lies. And you've got to question what fitness tests do these officials actually go through to be able to referee? Because to me at the weekend, he, he was not fit. He was not fit enough to keep up with playing. Therefore, he should not be in the middle.
0: I think it comes back to puts points both yourself, Tom, and Matt have made. We're, we're yeah, so sort of aiming for professional football with... So therefore, standards of fitness are, are high, closer to the WSL standard, uh, and with referees that are at Sunday League standard, and that and that's not criticism of Sunday League footballers because they'll have their own, you know, they've got jobs, etc. I know obviously that our players have got jobs, but that the the requirements are different. I, I I think he he then after the game, the referee then owned up after the match that he made a mistake. Um. I'll come to all of you, but just start so with yourself. Megan Garbutt has asked uh, or commented that it does it make it more does it make it you more angry when the referee apologizes after the game having made a mistake?
1: I think the fact that he owned the mistake straight away, I think that does make me angry because I mean he's clearly not seen it back. He clearly realised pretty soon after that you would made a mistake, and he, he the fact that he didn't even give it any consideration. Jade went down. He completely grafted it away, turned his back and ran straight off. And then, within a matter of minutes, he he admitted, yeah, yeah, I got it wrong. I think, I think personally, I think it's more and more frustrating because, you know, if it if he start, stood by his decision and we, we kind of had to accept it, we'd have said, you know what, okay, it is what it is. He was never going to give it. Then I think we'd have to move on for it, from it. But the fact that he owned it and realised that he did get it wrong, I think, just makes it all the more frustrating.
0: Matt, yourself, Do you know what I think he's done. If if that happens
2: in. After ten minutes, rather than with ten minutes to go, he gives the penalty. And what he's done, he's allowed the emotions of the game to play a part in, in his thinking, rather than just looking or trying to look from thirty yards away. It seems at uh, what the challenge was. He thought, "Oh, Wolves are probably going to dive here because they're getting a bit desperate. They've had seventeen shots on target. They can't get the ball in the net. They're probably she's probably dived." That's what he's thought in his head, especially with him being so far away. And if, if that challenge happens in, after 10 minutes in the game, he probably gives the penalty because there's less risk involved. That's, that's my view on it.
0: Tom?
3: I'm still vexed at it. It was really, really pisses me off because you can apologise after the game, but that them apologies, don't put points on the table. You know, as Maka says in his interview, you work all game for a moment like that mm. and you don't get it. And then all of a sudden you, you, you can't have seen a replay. There's no VAR, so but he, he can't have seen a replay. So he he knew straight away that he made a mistake there. And I go back to the fitness levels. If you're not going to be fit enough, don't referee, because it's ridiculous. And, you know, all game, you know, the reason why he lost control of that game is because he he, he hasn't got the skills to manage a game. You know, we've seen some, we, there is some good refs. There is some decent refs in the, in the FAWNL. And there's some decent uh, assistant refs in the, in the um in, in this league, but they're being let down constantly by poor, unfit refs. We can, and it always seems to be the same referees, if you notice, across all the clubs, and it's just wrong. And I'm still vexed at it. Uh, we don't want apologies. We need the points on the table, and and so that has now, in a way, cost us probably the title. One decision like that.
0: I I'll pick up on a couple of points you made there, Tom. One I think if we'd score, if we'd had the penalty and yeah, Backer's completely right, there's no guarantee we'll score it. But Morph miss scores more than she misses. So you put the odds on us scoring. Derby have got to come out to try and score, get another you know, to try and equalise. And therefore that gives us more space at the back for us to capitalize and we probably could have gone on and scored a couple of other the goals. Same thing that happened last time we played Derby at theirs. Once it once the people started scoring, it opened up and we got the goals and won the game. And I want to go back to the point you made about um the referees. I thought the assistant referee who was on the stand side, uh Antonia Smith, I think it was, she had a really good guy, in my thought, from where where I was stood. I think that's you know, and I think she and certainly sort of what I saw of her afterwards, she looked embarrassed about some of the decisions and she knew the the mistakes have been made, but she had a really good game. Um and I think that's important we also say when refs do have a good game. Um you touched on it, Tom, um he, the ref lost control of the game. Sammy was simbined for descent. Um and simbined in the eighty first minute so she was back on in the ninety ninety plus one. Um which I mean I think it was really interesting Jess. I, I don't know really the use clocked her being simbined itself but I suddenly looked up and sort of wondered why Tammy was putting a, a, a training vest on and was stood off the pitch and sort of counting players, and I was counting players before I suddenly worked it out.
1: Yeah, well, I think so much went on within the space of two minutes and then there was no there was no real like announcement or whatever. And then I saw her sitting on the bench and I thought, oh, maybe he's brought someone on and they've just not announced it. And then I counted and I was like, okay, well, no one's come on. And then she was back on and then... It was so confusing, but I think, you know, once we got our head around it, and I think, you know, you could tell all the players were angry, and I think, rightly so, they had all rights in the world to be angry, but I think it was a bit confusing, but I think if he'd have had control from the beginning, I personally don't think that would have happened. I think the players would have just respected his decision and just carried on, whether they agreed with the decision or not, because I think there were smaller incidents that I think H had words with him and said, look, it was clearly a foul, like, not that get." I think it was in the first fifteen minutes. He'd already made two decisions that Wolves and Derby were questioning. So I think from the beginning, he just he just never quite had control of the game. And I think personally, that's what that's what led to the whole Simbin situation.
0: Yeah, and then Tom at, at, at the end of the game, Tammy was sent off for with a, um, a straight red, so she's got a two-game suspension. Um, again, we understand that was from yeah that what we were told at the time that was there's a, a suggestion of dissent. Um, I think by the looks of it, because according to full time, the red card is in place. And whilst I think the club said they were going to appeal it, we've heard nothing from the the club about a a successful appeal, have
3: we? No. And yet again, that doesn't happen, does it? If, you know, the referee has has control of the game. And, you know, at the the end of the day, of course, motions are going to be high. You Mm. know, that was a very big game for us. It was probably one of the biggest games of our season, given the fact that. You know, Forrest was dropping points at Big House and, you know, there's a chance there for us to to, to go on and have the title back in our hands. Obviously, we've got to go on and, and beat Burnley and we've got to, you know, probably beat Big House at the end, end of the season, but it's back in our hands and, of course, the players are going to be angry. You know, after seeing a decision like that during the game, of course, emotions are going to run high and, yeah, unfortunately, you know, Tammy got sent off and... It looks as though now that her league campaign is over, and hopefully, you know, she'll be she will be back for the um cup final. But yeah, as far as league games, the season's over, and it's a, a big loss going into uh Burnley, isn't it?
0: It is, uh, it is, and we'll touch on sort of that that ramifications when we sort of second half when we talk about the Burnley game. But I think it's important what we know about the the fans actually. Um, it, that was the second highest league attendance at the New Bucks Head. Um, So that was only the the, before that the only other game that had a high attendance in the league was the Black Country Derby. That attendance on Sunday was higher than every league attendance at the CKW last season. So that was higher than the the winning the title and the Black Country Derby at the CKW last season. Um, And I think Tom, the the atmosphere was electric at times certainly that second that back end of that second half wasn't
3: it? Yeah it was and you know we had um, a great crowd there again didn't we you know um, and in that last 10 minutes when you know Wolves was really really trying to push and and, and to find that goal to to, to take the lead they really roared every time Wolves got the ball the fans roared them on and you know it's great to see, and you know they made a lot of noise. And the fans at at, at book have been brilliant all season haven't they? And Macca did allude to it in his interview as well, didn't he? And, and thank the fans as well for for their amazing support this season.
0: Yeah, Jess, I mean that was probably the loudest I've seen a, a club sort of game. Certainly, um, yeah, you know, the league game wasn't it.
1: Yeah, I think you know it wasn't particularly a game up to the it that was. Advertise as much as the Black Country Derby was but I think you know like Tom said every time I went close you know everyone stood up everyone was was screaming and I think before they announced the attendance I, I said to my mum this sat like it sounds so much like louder than it's really ever been I think the cup final last season was probably as loud as that but I think the fact that it was just obviously it was our last home game but there were so many people at the end that kids there that are, their first game was at Molyneux and they'd come. I think that that's always what we wanted from that Molyneux game to, to turn the attendance there into regular viewers at the New Books head. And I, I think that that's what's going to happen. And hopefully it continues towards the beginning of next season. And hopefully if there's pre-season games, that continues. Because I really, I could see it happening. And I think it's proven exactly what we wanted happened. And I think that's credit to the club for what they did for that Molyneux game.
0: No, definitely, and obviously the the Swedish Wolves were there in force, and they were they were loud as well, and proud, and very much vocal during that game. Um, and a credit to them as well for their travelling and coming over and seeing both the men's team and the women's team. So, a uh, big shout out to them. Um, quick fire before we sort of wrap up this first half. Um, I'll come to all of you. Start with yourself, Matt. Um. Lucas asked, do you think we can still get promoted and what chance would you give us on doing it on the final day? I think sort of yes, no, can we still get promoted? Uh, Do you you think we can still get promoted? And then what chance? So out of 10, what chance? There you go. Go, Matt. Uh,
2: No. Um, Two out of 10.
0: Okay. Tom, do you think you should still do it and what chance on the final day?
3: I've got it into the head, but no, we're not now. I think, you know, I think that was our perfect chance, I would say, although it's still mathematically possible, I think it's a weak chance, I'm going to go three, three out of ten chance.
0: Jess?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. No, I think two, three, four, if we're being optimistic out of ten. I just can't see it happening anymore, personally.
0: Do you know what? I've got, and we'll come on to this later, I forgot to think, I've got a sneaky suspicion, we'll take it to the last day. I think we'll beat Burnley. And it will just be the fact that Rick, oh, the Forest win against Stoke and that stops us from getting winning the league. But there you go. Matt?
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't know about you guys. I had a thought about that um, after, after Sunday. It's, if we managed to now beat Burnley... It's such a weird one. I obviously really want us to beat Burnley, but I'd almost be more annoyed. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. a very strange feeling to be like, well, you've just pulled off this win away to Burnley, who we never seem to beat, but didn't win in the supposedly easier game on paper that would have kept it. You know what I mean? Whereas we, we've we all maybe expected to drop points away to Burnley.
0: Let, let's put it this way. And this is why, I, I'm you know, if we'd beaten Derby and Forrester the beaten Brickhouse, would have gone into these two ge- next two games, Going, it's still mathematically possible. We've just got to win the next two and hope that Forest do lose. Because we because we both dropped points, we're now a little bit down. But there's nothing's changed as far as I can see. Yeah, we've still got to just keep winning games. And I think that's the, the, the mentality we've just got to go into. we just got to keep winning games, keep winning the last two games and just keep going. And I think Burnley, you know, they've lost to Forest twice. Out of three games and drew the other one, and we've beaten Forest relatively comfortably twice out of two games. So I think that Burnley are not this sort of indefeatable, um, sort of team. And yes, okay, you know, as I said, we'll come on to it in the second half. They're not the same team that we played as you know, start of the season, um, change of management, but I think they get get atable. Um, so I think we just got to go positive. Um, but let's see. Well, that brings us to the end of the first half. We'll be back after the break where we'll look forward to um, Brigh- or Burnley and Brighouse. Um Catch off after the break. Welcome back to the Wolves Podcast. We'll dive straight into Burnley, sort of pick up almost where we left off. Um, I think the sort of key sort of point that we need to sort of pick up on is um, obviously since we last played them they've the the manager Jonathan Morgan left to join Coventry United uh, left to join Sheffield United and Jay Bradford who is the former Coventry United manager who obviously oversaw the great Escape last season is currently in there on a caretaker basis um I mean obviously she'll know won't she Matt, quite a few of the are current players from their time at uh, Coventry United. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, managed them, obviously, um, in the Championship and also um, has got a lot of experience getting teams um, out of this league um, with the success at Cobb United. So, it's it's going to be a tricky game and maybe that's something that will go in their favour, that she's, she's kind of got that experience and she does know some of our players quite closely. Mm.
0: Yeah, and there's been an upturn in form. I think sort of the last few games under, Morgan, under Jonathan Morgan just... Um, they, uh Burnley seem to be struggling. They only scraped past Loughborough, but with sort of got one goal differences in those results. But since um Jay's taken over, they've really put on some good performances, haven't they?
1: Yeah, I think under Morgan, I think they they struggled. I think they managed to scrape a few draws. I think was it Albion that they scored in the ninety something minute and mm. and pulled a draw back. And I think it was. It was disappointing as Wolves fans for us to see that that they they went so close to dropping points and then they managed to pull it back. But yeah, they seem to be pick form up a little bit more, and I think hopefully we can we can put a stop to that because I think we need to do that. Otherwise, it's it's game over.
0: Yeah, Tom. I mean, Burnley had gone sort of in the league at least all season without uh, losing until they lost to Forest on the second of April. Um, since then, they've um, won three against. Um, Huddersfield, Stoke and West Brom um, and scored 11, including putting seven past um, Stoke, away at Stoke. And, but they have conceded four, so they can. And they conceded three, if I remember rightly, against Forest. So that they they, they they are, they are get attable, aren't they?
3: Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, going into this game as well, um, you know, before that, the pressure was on Burnley because that was like us, it was like the underdogs. But now with Forest dropping points last week, or well, it's almost like the league's in their hands, isn't it? And they've got that added pressure going in that they've got to win. You know, we're the underdogs. You know, no one's expecting us to go on and and, and win this title now. So, you know, it's the added pressure, what they've got to deal with as well. And ultimately, I think this game will come down to how they deal with that pressure, whether they're in under it or, you know, they play their game. And obviously, you know, we know how tough they're going to be. Um to beat, but as I say, it's so all down to how they can how, how they handle that pressure because you know they've got to win this game. the title's was in their hands, they're the favourites now.
0: Yeah, he, he, so that's a really interesting point, isn't it, Matt? That the psychologically, the pre- the pressure's all off walls, actually, when pressure is is on Burnley.
2: It's a weird one, isn't it? You know, we we wanted this game to have a lot of pressure on us, and I know mathematically it's still possible, but Burnley, you know, Christmas came early on Sunday, didn't it? You know, they'd have finished that game, you see both of us and Forrest drop points and I'm sure after they got thrashed by Forrest only a couple of weeks ago they'd be thinking it was probably all over for them um, so to to be in a position where really they're in pole position now is, is, is incredible for them they just put Turf Moor in as their final game of the season so if, the the stars are aligning really for Burnley aren't they And there's there's a lot of pressure on them to, to make it count
0: You've got to wonder just whether they've made that decision about Turf Moor on the basis of the results that have happened this this last weekend uh, with a, well, if we can do it, then let's, let's, let's win it at Turf Moor. Is that a bit cocky?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably what's probably been in the back of their minds. I think they probably almost thought, well, it's in Forest Towns like we did. And then I think this that weekend's results kind of made them think, well, actually, we've got a chance here. And I think, you know, it would be picture perfect for them to to win the league and, and win the league at Turf Moor. Like, how... How good would that be for their egos? But I think we've got to we've still got to psychologically be in it. But I think for them, I think they've got to realise that actually the, the pressure's on them. And I th- also think the pressure will probably be on Forest, to be honest. I've they've, they've been at the top for so long. They've yes, we've had games in hand, but they've they've done what they needed to do apart from at the weekend, they dropped points. But all in all, they've been pretty good all season. So I think I think the pressure will be on them like to make sure that they don't slip up, so I think, yeah, like you said, the pressure will be off Wolves now, and it's but it's on Burnley and Forrester to, to not slip up and not make a mistake. And it it just it, I'm pretty confident it probably will go to the last day of the season, to be honest.
0: Yeah, uh, Tom, we owe Burnley a bit of revenge, don't we? They 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 were the one team that beat us last season, and, and they've beaten us this season as well. We owe them a bit of a uh, what we owe them a uh, we owe beating them, don't we? Really.
3: Yeah, you know, we've always found it tough um, against Burnley. I don't think we've uh, won uh, against them since we've been back in Tier 3. I think, you know, we had that 2-2 two, two draw at CKW last season. Then I mean, obviously, you know, we got thrashed away um, in, in, in certain, moment, obviously, um, you know, early on in the season, we lost 3-1 and, you know, Ali Miller come on in that game. And I think, you know, the last time he's got, with the first touch, I think, when it got us back in, really. But it was too late then. Um, But, yeah, I think that, you know, we all than one. And I think that, you know, if the girls are on it. And, you know, as I said, the pressure's all on them. And if they cave under pressure, I think we'll be um, waiting. And I think Wolves will want to win it, you know, because I think we'll, we will want to take it down um, to that final game um, of the season and, and to give us any help. Because, you know, on final days, anything can happen. You know, the pressure's on teams and, you know, I know Forrester are playing Stoke and you, and you wouldn't expect Forest to drop points to Stoke. But on the final day, without added pressure, who knows what will happen? So we just got to take it to the final day and and see what the final day brings.
0: Yeah, I mean, Matt, would you take the whole team? Would If you were Macker, would you take the whole team up the day before and just stay up there the night before? I know it's only a couple of hours drive up the M6, but would you just say, right, let's get away from friends and family and let's sort of bed down together almost.
2: Yeah, and I think there's a a lot of sightseeing to do in Burnley as well so I'm sure they'll stay in a nice hotel, have a little trip out to the seaside maybe if it's not too far away and see the sights, you know, so, (laughs) Um, yeah, in an ideal world but I suppose it's livelihoods of the players and stuff like that, you know, I know they did it obviously for Newcastle because of just how far away it is Mm. but um, in a perfect world they do that for a lot just like how the men fly sometimes from Manchester to Birmingham and all that kind of stuff, don't they? But um,
0: we'll see. Yeah, no, I think, Jess, would you travel up if you are a Macca? Would you go up that night before and sort of get a bit of time away?
1: Yeah, in an ideal world, but I don't think... I just don't think it would all align. I think if if that was the case, then why do we not do it more often? I think, obviously, it is more... arguably a more important game you know we've got to win this or, or it's over but I, can't, I just can't see it happening I think yeah like I said if if it was possible I think we'd have seen it happen more than once this season personally
0: yeah something for the club to look at, at later for, you know for looking forward to next season isn't it Tom that we look at the, more those travels obviously balancing people's workloads obviously
3: yeah I think that you know I think Wolves do it for certain games don't they I think you know um you can you can understand why they do it for the likes like when you're traveling up to Newcastle and and doing that like them long journeys, but I think you know um, Burnley's like two hours up the mountain away in it, so it's not really not really that that far to travel. Um, but yeah, I think that you know we're the only team. What seems to be what I've done over the night's day is we've had with, with the players out of all the teams um, in the FAWNL. Right so it's great to see and you know. Some super some super league teams down at the back even do they? so you know it's great to see that wolves have back to me in that way, but I don't think they're ever doing it on on every single game no well, looking ahead to the game,
0: obviously no tammy, um, but we do get summer back, so um Matt, would you be bringing in, in Dicko? Well, i mean I, I question whether it's Dicko or coops or, or or somebody else I mean who would you bring in to replace tammy um
3: uh, I-
2: i probably go Dicko just because he's similar in that mould of the attacking midfielder there. It's, you know we, We've got to link the midfield to the attack and it, it, if there's too much space in there, we see with the men's team at times, then if there's too much space there, uh, too much of a gap between midfield and attack, then we're not going to get up there if we just try long balls forward. So you need a bit of a carrier. Obviously, it's good to have Summer back because um, we, we're going to need that bite in midfield, which we'll lose with Tammy. Um, so it's good that at least with one out, the other ones coming back, um, but yeah, I'd go. With, I'd go with Dicko for that attacking midfield role.
0: Tom, Dicko, or for yourself, or or some, a another.
3: I agree with Matt. I'll go with Dicko. Um, you know, I so say we've got Summer back. Um, Tammy going to be a big risk, but Dicko is the one what's going to get us forward. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll play. I'll go with Dicko for this one. Clean, sweet dress. Dicko in for Tammy.
1: I think for me, yes, but I think I question whether he will just because the fact that summer's not been playing, and I think would it be too disjointed to to bring summer and then play summer H and Dicko? I don't I don't think I've seen them them play that in pretty much ever. Um, but I think tactically, yeah, I think I agree. I think we need that that force in attack with that Dicko provides over Coops, but I think oh I don't know it, it's difficult because I think. Anna Price is another one that he could potentially throw in. You just don't know there's so many people that, that he could he could play that have played there this season and have played well. But I think if we're looking at the fact that Amber might not be starting, so we, we lose her in the terms of a strong attacking player, we just need to we need to throw everything at this game. And I think in terms of going forward, you know, our back line's been pretty solid. So I think we need to we need to go all systems go up front, really. So yeah, I think personally I would put Dico in, but I question whether he will.
2: Go on, Matt. Here's one for you. Nothing to lose. Four four two. Jade and Amber up front. Summer and H midfield. We lose 5 nil. Doesn't matter. We didn't expect to win anyway. Who knows?
0: You'd what? Stick Destin? Well, actually, I mean, that's something we... Well, that's Destin just... Destin on the wing, yeah. Well, this, actually, that, was, that was something we've got gonna... to... Will Dest be fit? I mean, she obviously went off with a knock in that sort of game, which we didn't pick up on. Um...
2: Ali then, in that case
0: yeah you'd put Ali Ali, which actually Ali Oh oh four four two Jade and amber
2: and then they, they rotate around then don't they then Yeah. Play, eventually
0: Jay goes out yeah do, do you know I mean that was gonna be my sort of next question there for you, for you Matt, about sort of do we start amber or not you you would start amber, would you I mean I wasn't there
2: Sunday, so I don't know how fit she looked when she came on on Sunday, but presuming she's fit enough
0: to to start then then yeah Tom. Amber four, four Would you go four four two as Matt suggests, or and would you start Amber?
3: Uh, I'm not sure we four four two because I don't think we we play well, that system well, very often, do we? Or if, if ever, um. But Amber has to start. You know she has to. Um. You know I think she's got 17 goals this season. It's a big game for us as well. Um. You know because as I said, we do want to take it to that final day, and I think that you know. We need her creativity up front. We need somebody who's gonna be clinical up front and you know, seventeen goals this season and she's been out for four months just says how clinical Amber is. So you need somebody like that up front. So I would definitely um if she's fit, obviously, um if she's fully fit, she's gotta she's gotta be him at starting on you enough. Know? Jess. Uh...
1: Yeah. I, I don't see why you wouldn't start her if he's if she's fit. She seemed pretty much back to normal on Sunday. They didn't I think if you you didn't know she'd been injured for four months, I don't think you'd have been able to tell. I think she seemed to have the same desire and the same determination like she always has. So yeah, personally, I think I think she'll start. But I also question if if Beth Roberts is available, whether she'll he'll play her a bit higher up in terms of we've seen that she's able to get goals, good creative wise. I think I don't know. It's so difficult because there's so many different ways you can play. But I think. Personally, I would start Amber, and I agree with Matt. Why not try four four two? But I just think, personally, Macker will stick to the way we know and stick to the formation that we've played the majority of the time.
0: I'm going to chuck one last formation out there. It's a mixture of both back free. As as you know, sort of morph Emma and Naomi, Beth Roberts, Beth Merrick, H and Summer, and. Ali Miller out wide, and then 3 4 five, and then Amber and Jade up front, so three, five, two, and we just go for it, and you can either stick KJ, or you can stick KJ instead of Ali out on the right. Go on, Matt. Yeah, and I, I did think that, as
2: we were just debating 4-4-2, four, yeah, four, uh, the 3 5 two, that's what got us the results last year, Jade and Amber up front together. You know, yeah. they they got a lot last year working together, so yeah, I, I, I feel like we're preparing for next season now, and if some miracle happens then the miracle happens great but I think you've got to get quality on the pitch against Burnley now and if we lose 3-0 it's not the end of the world we're not expecting it and mm. I feel like we're more likely to win the game by trying to win through quality than through restricting them.
0: Yeah I mean my only observation would be is that the three games we have played Burnley in the last two seasons we played for it at the back and I mean by the, the game at CKW where we Got away with a two-all draw. Um, we did find ourselves convincingly you know, unstuck. Yeah, they scored well, I think over the well, if you look over the three games, they've scored eight goals against us, and we've put three past them. So that might well be playing to Macca's mind about not going with three at the back. Um, I think the only advantage we've got as well is it's Darwin's we're going to playing at Darwin's ground. Um, and that's Burnley have never played there as far as I'm aware, or certainly not regularly. They've yeah, you know, it's so it's a um it's it's almost there is no home advantage um there at all, go on, Matt. on that note, it isn't
2: Darwin basically in Blackburn as well, yeah, like us playing in West Bronx. yeah,
0: yeah, it's Blackburn and Darwin Blackburn with Darwin is the council area, so it is pretty much on I mean yeah, it's yeah, hey, there we go, um, just quickly one on the ramifications, I mean obviously both teams need to win realistically to keep the pressure on Forrest who are playing in the league Cup final on Sunday so they'll be keeping half an eye whilst trying to win a League Cup on what's going on so it could well mentally play with them in their League Cup game as well um, I would say that with noting Forest goal difference a draw doesn't help either team um, and then would if realistically if we did draw Wolves would need to win and hope Forest lost to Stoke and Burn lost or drew to Liverpool Feds on the last day and um, so realistically, it is a win, or win or bust, as you say, sort of alluded to, Matt. Um, and as we discussed, Burnley are at home, Turf Moor, to Feds and Forest at home to Stoke on the last day. So, and obviously, we're away to break house, So we've got the hardest of the three games as well. So just to make it even more entertaining, obviously this game, I was going to say, can be watched on TikTok. I presume that they still can be watched on TikTok or even being at Darwin that we want to keep your IA out on. But certainly, obviously, Wolves Radio will be covering it. Uh, I don't know, Megan and, and Callum will be, or certainly Megan's going to be up there, keeping the Wolves Twitter accounts updated. Um, which takes us on to the last game um, uh, of the se- of the league season, at least, Brighouse away. Um Unsure what the future holds for Brighouse, realistically. I mean, because next season they will not be called Brighouse. They have announced earlier on in the season that they were splitting from Brighouse Town Football Men's Football Club and not clear what's happening with them. They've announced since then that they're going to be setting up a, a reserves and sort of youth team as well. So there's obviously sort of plans in the pipeline. Um, their nearest sort of team around them is Halifax, who haven't got a women's team, so it might well be they're merging with Halifax which would be good for them. Um, but future's... I was going to say the future's bright, the future's orange, but um, obviously they might well be moving away from orange this, uh, next season. So we'll wait and see what happens there. Um, obviously, we played them earlier in the season, sort of pretty much back-to-back uh, in the Cup and the League, where we won 1-0 won in the Cup at Compton, with Kelly Darby getting a goal, her only goal of the season, um, where she broke her ankle, and we won 2-0 in the League, where Beth Merrick and Amber both got a goal. And... Um, they're obviously going to. They can't. They're going to finish no lower than fifth, um, and considering they finished seventh, that's a big improvement on them. And last two games, they drew against Forest um, on yesterday or Sunday, and they beat West Brom before that. But they've not got a game this weekend coming, so they're going to be rested. Um, Matt, they're obviously no pushovers, um, and recovered from their early season. But they haven't they. They're going to be a difficult team to beat.
2: Yeah, they they had a bit of a slow start for this season, and they've been on a, a pretty mental run recently, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Compton game that was a that was a tough one. The, the League Cup game, um, I think before we before we scored that actually, it looked like Brigals were more likely to get the opener in that game at, at one point. And then the second game itself, Telford, I think based on that one, it was it was quite important. We got an early goal there, um, and then even then it wasn't you know it was a 2-0 win. It wasn't it wasn't a, a wholly convincing one, but we we saw the job out when. Last season, two draws as well. Um, so, yeah, they they know how to challenge us. And I think, as we all predicted, that they could have got a result against Forest, and they did, you know, there's no stopping them uh, getting against us as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've. what I would say, Jess, is they've been limited in subs. They only had four on the bench against uh, Forest, so they could well be um, sort of short of a few players, couldn't they? And therefore, that might play to our advantage.
1: Yeah, I think if that's the case, we need to... We need to capitalize on that, but I think you know you never know with with tier three football. It could just be that there's work commitments or whatever going on in that game, but who knows? But I think if if that is the case, we need to we need to play that to our strengths and and make sure that we we really make use of our substitutions and and really make sure everyone puts a massive shift in and and we I wouldn't say we capitalize on it because I think Brickhouse whoever they play will will always. Play well against us. There never seem to be ones that always we're always able to, to steamroll over. I think that they're always pretty decent, but I think whoever they play and however many subs we've got, we need to make sure we can take advantage of their their weaknesses on um, in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, Tom, it's it's going to be a tough game, isn't it? But it's almost the the sort of the, the selection conversation we have for the Burn the game are the, the same again for Brickhouse, isn't it? It's we've got to get just go out and get the win, haven't we?
3: Yeah, we have, especially if you know, if we beat Burnley and, and we we take it to that final day, you know, we we need to win to uh, have any hopes of a title. And obviously, with Tammy, um, still suspended, um, for this game is another selection dilemma, um, in that midfield. And yeah, I think that you know, as Matt and Jess have alluded, to, we're not going to be a pushover, you know, because we are a very physical team, um, you know, we know Matt from playing them um this season and last season. We'll never have it easy against them. Uh, and I don't expect it to um be easy on the final day either. Um but I think for in that one I think I think you will go with Coops um in, in midfield.
0: Yeah. Um just quickly before we sort of we sort of, sort of wrap up on the last few bits, um get everyone's sort of view of how many points we'll get from the next two games. Start with yourself, Jess, how many points do you think we'll get over the next two games?
1: I think we have to be optimistic and say six, but I think I don't know if I can expect anything more than a, a draw against Burnley. I think yeah, four points if we're being realistic, but obviously we hope we hope it's six. But I question whether that's really realistic with with the fact that Amber might not play and the fact Tammy's gonna miss these two games. So yeah.
0: Matt, yourself? Uh three. Lose to Burnley, beat Brookhouse. Matt. Uh, sorry, Tom.
3: Yeah, um, no one's expecting us to beat Burnley, are they? Um, you know, as Jess said, if you're not optimist, you want to you want to get six out of the game, but you know, I'd I'd say four. You know, is a is is realistic, really? Um, you know, because you know, we never find it easy against Burnley, and and we are the underdogs um, in the Burnley game. To be fair. Yeah, I
0: think. Heart says six, head says four as well. I think, you know, it's I, I could see it's actually drawing against Brighouse and beating Burnley, to be honest. Um and just and yeah. But hey. Well let's see. Let's get behind them and, and see what happens. Um moving on to the reserves. Um they played Forest mid um at the weekend uh and lost two one to them. So um yeah, everyone seems to struggle against Forest at the minute. Um with Beth Marriott getting the goal. Um next two fixtures are Loughborough away and Donny at home for them. Uh, and they will have one left aft one more game left after that. Um County Cup final. Let's let's move on to that hot topic. Um big news, ninth of May, seven forty five kickoff. That's an interesting venue, Tom that was a it was a bit of an interesting one when that popped up on the Birmingham county FA website wasn't it
3: yeah it was I don't think any of us um or any wolves fan or even the club expected it to be there did they at molyneux um you know I think it comes come as a shot for everyone and you know whatever what an occasion that's going to be by the way um you know it's going to be great you know a chance for you know the girls to lift a trophy at molyneux um, hopefully, you know they open up the other stands as well and, and try and try and push it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a great occasion. And could you imagine that? You know, if if miracles do happen and by somehow we we do manage to win the league and you know on that on that final on that final day of the county cup we get we get to lift the um, league trophy at Molyneux, what, what, what an occasion that would be! And I think it'll be a memory what will stay forever, won't it?
0: Yeah, it definitely would be. I mean, Matt, there's been a few sort of eyebrows raised because it was on the website, of the Birmingham County FA's website before the clubs were formally notified and, and it was formally announced on social media, which is, um, shall we say, not best admin, um, uh, to be polite.
2: No, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think they were part of discussions before as well and it wasn't just something that was dropped on them. I think my my view is that, it, I think like most competitions, it's probably should get, announced before I know it's going to fall down the pecking order especially when you want to play it at a Premier League stadium and they don't know about men's fixtures being rearranged and stuff like that but it's something that probably should be announced at the start of the season isn't it like this game's going to be at Molyneux just so you know and then there could be no accusations of Wolves getting special treatments and any of that nonsense then can't you um, which, which, which which we'll come be... on to in a second but yeah, yeah going. we've seen a little bit um, so yeah I think if that was in place then there could be nothing about that then can't you and you know, if we'd have lost to West Brom in the semi-final, then just that horrible thought—could you imagine they'd have they'd have been playing it at Molyneux then? I'm I'm curious. I did I, that did cross my mind. You know, if they already had Molyneux lined up for it, would that have been the case? Who knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's sort of a couple of sort of a really important point there. I mean, I, I personally I agree with you, Matt. I think it should be announced that. The... At least before the semi finals, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it should have been announced earlier. That's, yeah, I, I agree. But ideally at the beginning of the season, um, if you know, so sort of at least sort of earlier on in the competition. Um, but I think it was really interesting because cause of the, the uproar from pretty much one person only on Twitter, um, uh, Tom's best mate, Colin. Um, the the county county FA rules have been sort of circulating on Twitter more than I've ever seen them on Twitter, um, and there is no requirement in the FA, in their rules for a neutral venue, so it it isn't. Um, so yeah, I think that the the controversy is that the fact it wasn't announced bef- realistically before the the final two were known. Um, but I think that's it, isn't? They've got a Premier League venue for it because I think Matt, I remember rightly last time around when it was Warsaw. Um, the men's game was at Villa Park and there was this sort of while well, you're sticking the women down at Bescott and the men up at Villa Park that's not fair uh, and it's not treating it equally and I think the F- County FA have taken that on board haven't they?
2: Yeah, yeah it was a strange one last season it seemed quite demeaning like you say to play the men's at Villa Park and the, and the women's at the Bescott but but actually I think the Bescott probably suited it better in the sense that you know you were able to split that one stand 50-50 there was a, there was a decent feisty atmosphere and it worked out really nicely, didn't it, at the end? But as a matter of principle, yeah, I agree. Um, and so I, I know they they were fighting quite hard, weren't they, to get a Premier League ground for this one? And I think we we were speculating, I think for a while, weren't we? Is it gonna is it gonna be somewhere like in the Park if it was to be neutral? But hopefully we get a big attendance in at Molineux again, just like we did in the Huddersfield game, or potentially even more, considering it's May and hopefully finally the weather will the warm up by that point.
0: Yeah, uh, um Tom, you you've got new best friend, haven't you, on Twitter? Uh, Colin. Colin the West Brom Albion pensioner. Any messages for him?
3: <laughs> I mean it's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, he's been shot over rules by Richard how many times now and he's just not having it, is he? Yeah. You know, it's they they do allow for it not to be at a neutral venue and you. and technically if you if if you're being very technical about it, you is not actually the home of women I anyway. So if you want to be technical, Molyneux is neutral in a way, um, but that's very tight technicality there. But yeah, it's just ridiculous. One one person on Twitter has just kicked up all this fuss, and yeah, I mean the Stalbridge manager's tweeted out as well. You know he's looking forward to it, and it and it's going to be a great occasion, isn't it? Uh, I think that that semi-final defeat, um, which we put on West West Brom, must have hit Colin very hard. I think. Go on, Matt.
2: Yeah, the, the, the other argument about the neutral venue is that because it's played at you'll have a lot more Wolves fans than there otherwise would be anywhere else. And a lot of expected Wolves fans watching at a home ground in a cup final, you know, that doesn't necessarily give you an advantage. You know, that, that adds pressure to us. So mm. in some ways, I, I reckon Stourbridge might actually be quite content with it and, as we saw with, I mean, it didn't really materialise in the Huddersfield game, but as we saw with Brighouse last season, you know, it, it means that they're even more up for him. I'm sure Stourbridge would love to win the cup at Molineux.
0: Uh Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's a really valid point there, Matt, that actually pressure is now all on Wolves in a cup final against a lower tier opposition. Okay, Stourbridge will be in tier three next season, but against a lower tier opposition at Molyneux with an expectant crowd is not, it's not an advantage. Um, I would one thing I would think, yeah, you know, sort of just sort of quick couple of points really. Um, I think Wolves will like to put on a show, um, so I think I, I would hope that sort of that that whether we'll have the full sort of fire, fire and lights and everything going, but with it being you know with night game, I think they will put on some sort of show, won't they, Matt?
2: Uh, yeah, he likes to think so. Uh, I think it'll probably be too light, won't it, for the light show? Um, certainly mm-hmm. before the game anyway. Maybe a half-time job, but. Yeah. Uh, we, I think sometimes they've done it anyway, haven't they? Even if it's not quite quite dark, but yeah, hopefully they'll, they'll they'll do a little bit more. I think the the Huddersfield game is a great occasion, but you know, um they maybe didn't do enough in terms of some of the activities and that the day before the game, and um so it'd be good for them to to plan that out nicely.
0: Yeah, get a bit of a fan zone going around the, at the up at the top of the mall, wouldn't it, Tom.
3: Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, you know. The fans zone for the fans to attend um before the game, you know. Obviously, I, I think Wolfie and Wendy will be there. Um, obviously, as it was at the um game. Um, that's So yeah, I think um it'll be a great occasion, and um I hope that Wolves do, as you say, put the flames on. Maybe a light show and in the fans zone, helping the fans zone up and uh, and make a real family occasion of it. Yeah, go on, Matt. Yeah, I, I don't think it will be an occasion enough unless they, they, they bring a brass
0: band in and Peppa Pig personally, so. <laughs> you can keep pep, you, I'm not No, I'm not going there. Not going there. There's too many images <laughs> going on my head. Um, one quick question um, for, 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 you, for you, Matt, uh, or Tom, whoever you guys in first. Um, Away end or segregation. We'll use that term because obviously it's a technically a neutral venue. Segregation. Would you, yes, no, discuss? Yeah, yeah. 300 police
2: officers in place. I think it's going to be a feisty one. <laughs> uh, no, no, in series, in all series this year. A little segregation it, 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 for, for the friendly banter. Yeah, you know we had it against West Brom and it, it, it worked quite nicely. It, it, yeah, just fits, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, Tom, segregation. Stick them over in the Billy in the Steve Ball lower.
3: Yeah, I would because um, you know it, it adds to the atmosphere, doesn't it? Um, The only question I would say about I don't think the Wolves will have a say on it, obviously, because I think it's the Birmingham FA who's running this big stream, myself. I think they'll decide on tickets and allocations, and I don't think Wolves will get a say on it. But personally, mm-hmm. yeah, I would put them all, put be in the establishment in the Billy right uh, lower, and yeah, make a, make a good occasion of it because it adds to the atmosphere, doesn't it? You know, you've got the um, when you all together, like when we tried to plan at the Hawthorne, obviously it didn't work out that way, but you always want your fans all together. It adds to the atmosphere. You make better noise and yeah, it's, it's, it's better that way. I just don't like it when it's all together. You, you don't get that atmosphere, do
0: you? Certainly not for these big games. Um, well, that sort of brings us towards the end of the show. Obviously, as we touched on there, Starbridge have won the Midlands League convincingly and therefore will be joining us in Tier 3 Northern next year if we don't get promoted still live. Um and obviously um yeah you know, we'll yeah you know, if we do see them next season as well we'll um look forward to uh playing them and um because of some ex wars players or connections in there as well um we'll wrap up there um gents have we missed anything um tom have we picked any, anything we need to pick up no I
3: think we've um covered everything ain't we on this think I don't know
0: yeah, no, Matt uh, anything we missed? Yes. Off? All good. All good. Well, um Dave, um Ratti, um sort of picked up a question for us um about sort of whether Abuse of the Week will be coming back or will be will we be stealing Abuse of the Week off the Express and Star podcast. Um and obviously that's copyrighted to Tim Spears, so I'm afraid not. But I would like to dedicate this podcast to Colin. Bless him. <laughs> For his, his interaction, all season, all the last couple of weeks, um, please do give us a five star review uh, on 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 tw- on your all your sort of favourite uh, podcasting apps, and do give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Do say hello to Colin if you do find him on Twitter as well. He's a a friendly guy. Um, that's a wrap for the show. I've been your host, Nick, and Tom. Goodbye from yourself. Bye everyone. Goodbye from yourself, Matt. Bye, Colin. (laughs) Up the Wolves.